This podcast is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. We understand that some of our opinions will not be shared with many people and hope you can still bear with us in order to hear amazing Wisconsin-based stories. We are not licensed therapists or able to give legal advice by any means. Our show notes will provide all of our source materials included for each episode. Now Now on on to to the the show. Welcome back to All the Sins of Wisconsin. I'm Fallon, and I am here with Mims. How are you? Hello. I'm good. <laughs> are you? Yeah. <laughs> this is a weird time to record. We, I don't think we've done... I feel weird. Yeah, this feels... It's like late night, Monday night. It just feels really off. It does, because we usually record in the middle of the day. Yeah, middle of the day. This is definitely weird vibes for me. It's all dark and yeah. nighttime. But, you know, we're going to rock it. We will. We <laughs> might just be goofy. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. How was your Christmas? It was good. My holidays are so much better now that I don't leave my house. Ooh, yeah. It's like my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Just, I love the comforts. I don't, I don't have to get dressed. Ooh, yeah. I know I'm going to like all the food. Yes. Right, and you can eat all the food. and I don't have, yeah, I don't have to worry about people like throwing gluten in the food. Yeah, right. <laughs> and being like, e, you'll be okay. Right. It's just, just one eat day. the gluten. <laughs> <laughs> people really act like that. Like, it's just one day. Is it going to kill you? I know. I know. I do that to myself, though. I'm just like, it's just one day. <laughs> You're going to be okay. And then all of a sudden, I'm like imploding inside. So, yeah, it's, it's never okay. No. It has to be something really, really worth it for me. But people- now, I think I haven't cheated on gluten free in years because the last time I did it didn't taste right anymore like my taste buds have changed because I've been gluten-free for like 10 years wow yeah um don't you hate when people don't take your like allergies or like your intolerances like seriously yeah I hate that I'm allergic to yeast which is really unfortunate yeah because I can't have a burger which I hate or pizza or or it's like a specialty pizza you know yeah but people are like, well, why can't you eat it? I'm like, well, I'm allergic to it. And it's like, oh, well, how allergic are you? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> allergic? <laughs> how allergic? How allergic? On a scale of one to ten. I'm like, my body does not like it. Therefore, yeah. I cannot eat it. Right. Yeah. So People are so weird. Yeah. 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 So that is like a whole thing whenever i go out to eat i gotta be really conscious about what i eat obviously and yeah. um we're just like oh so you can't eat that i'm like nope no <laughs> it's like if when we used to go to the holidays i would eat before i left and yeah eat when i got home mm-hmm. and be annoyed while everybody else ate yeah so well it I is annoying stay home. yeah <laughs> i feel bad for i have some vegan friends yeah. and a lot of people don't like they're not really considerate of them and no uh, and uh, like i have them over for dinner or whatever and uh i always i'm like all right this is gonna be vegan to the t like everything is gonna be 
obviously I'm, I'm having you over or we're going out to eat or something like that. I got to make sure that they're able to eat. Like, that's just the right response. It is. So. Yeah. How we is love your, you, vegans. We love, we love all of you. Yeah. How was my, my Christmas? Um, yeah. It was good. Uh, it was, there was a really sweet moment. I was out at my family farm and we went to go visit my dog's grave and then we found a little bone right next to it, uh, which I thought was really cute. It just reminded me of, like, when you pour one out for, Aww. like, your buddies, you know? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I asked my brother, Jake's brother, um, if he put it there. Because yeah. I'm like, that's really, I mean, it's weird, but super sweet. Right. And he goes, no, I think it was my dog, babe. And I'm like, that is just so sweet. If it was, yeah. she just dragged a little bone all the way to her grave, and I'm, like, crying. <laughs> that is really sweet, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dogs was, are the best. They are. We don't deserve them. No. That was it. Basically, food, dog. Oh, and I got a new dog. And your new dog is beautiful. Yeah. So, How she, is she? How old is she? Well, like, how is she? Oh. Like, is she... She's good. Um, she's getting along with my other dog really well, and I'm really surprised that it was just, like, right off the bat. They were cool. Yeah. Um, she's unfixed, so I can tell that she is, like, in heat sometimes. I'm like, girl, no. Take that somewhere <laughs> else. <laughs> You're gonna have puppies. <laughs> no. And she... She's, like, 15 pounds, and my uh, my male dog is 70 pounds. I'm like, stop backing it up to him because he's too big for you. She's only 15 pounds? She's this big. I can carry her around. Oh, she looked bigger than that in the picture. That's what I thought. I went, and I thought, okay, she's going to be, like, 40 pounds. Yeah. Decent size. That's medium. what I thought. No. She's miniature. She is tiny. I have a 15-pound chihuahua. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she, I swear, she has, like, Does a little... Does she want a boyfriend? She wants a boyfriend. <laughs> he and wants I'm a like, girlfriend. And I'm like, this is not boyfriend <laughs> over here. Not under this roof, honey. <laughs> no. Yeah, so I got to keep an eye on that. But yeah. they're pretty good. She's having a blast. She, um, she's potty trained, which is really cool. Yeah, especially for a small dog. Because mm -hmm. they are a pain. Yeah. Um, the first night she was like, I'm gonna go here. I'm gonna go there. I'm like, no, that's not how it works around here either. <laughs> uh, no, but she's, she's really good. She's really cute. Her name is Muna. Aw, that's pretty. Thank you. It's very exciting. Yeah. All right. You got any news? I got some news. All right. Let's see what I got today. Okay, so Kim Potter, we talked about her last time, I think, the officer that shot Dante Wright when she said she was going for her taser. Oh, yeah. She was found guilty, mm -hmm. first and second degree manslaughter. I'm sure everybody found out by now. Mm -hmm. My favorite part of the story was that the maximum sentence for manslaughter is 15 years, but the attorney general is like, mm, no, I'm going to ask for more than that. Yeah. He's not playing. No. Nor should he be playing. No, he shouldn't be. And I kind of like him. Yeah, that is amazing. Yeah. And then last episode, <clears throat> I had mentioned the West Memphis 3 case and how the evidence had gone missing. Mm -hmm. The evidence has reappeared. Woo! And it was going to be DNA testing. Woo! That's so, awesome. Good. Hopefully there's enough DNA that they can... 
How long has this been going on for? Since before you were born. This is crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. When when did it happen? 90? 92? Oh, yeah. Then I'm Something. a 95. I don't... I, I feel like it was... I have no idea. I you, just picked you guys the, I just <laughs> the year. <laughs> you guys can correct us if you know. I don't know off the top of my head either. Oh, that reminded me. We did get a corrections thing about the the people that were in the ships underwater. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I was... Thank you for bringing that up because I wanted to... I was going to make a note of it and then I forgot, but you said corrections and it triggered my brain to remember. Yeah, I'm glad it <laughs> triggered that. Um, all right. I should look and see when the wasp map is three case was. Right. Um, da, 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 da. I want to know, like, how the evidence reappeared. Cause yeah, how, does, how do you just, like... Disappear uh, and reappear evidence. Right. Okay, so... We got a message on our Facebook, and it was a correction. Uh, this listener, center listener, stated, down ships are considered graves. Any bodies would be left. It's a burial at sea. For reference, the Pearl Harbor Memorial bodies were not removed, and survivors have seen requested internment there. Um, she didn't say I could say her name, so I'm not going to, but thank you for letting us know. Yeah, because I did not know that. Yeah, me neither. Okay. I just thought that'd be weird to be, but I guess. Right. that's your thing. Right. that's where you want to be. Then leave it be. And the West Memphis 3 case was in 93, so I was close. Wow, yeah. My random guessing. There we go. That's not bad at all. And then I saw this morning that the jury in the Ghislaine Maxwell case is deliberating. I don't know what there is to deliberate. Right, right. They are deliberating today. Okay. Well, hopefully they nail her because she's disgusting. Have you seen the picture of her, like, massaging dude's foot? No. It's disgusting. I hate feet. Me too. Like, why would you... And especially, like, (laughs) men's feet... They're yeah. all hairy on the top, and, like, they got crooked-ass toes. They look and, like troll feet. Yeah. <laughs> like hobbit <laughs> like feet. Like hobbit feet. Yes. yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. You should see my brother's feet. <laughs> the big toe looks like a velociraptor. <laughs> I'm sure he's going to love I'm you so, telling people I'm that. I'm so sorry. You're a great person. I love you, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. Okay. Today, I'm going to go first. Woo! Because this is a weird weird night. We're doing things weird today. (laughs) So, I'm going to discuss the story of the disappearance of Amber. It's said to pronounce it Wilda. I thought it was Wildy. Okay. Do you know who I'm talking about? No. She disappeared from Green Bay. Okay. Okay. So, my information, most of my information was obtained from the Charlie Project. Other information was obtained from Reddit and from a short clip that I referenced later on. Okay. So, at the time of her disappearance, Amber had been a student at UWGB for just three weeks. She had uh, previously completed her associate's degree at a different college. 
So the last time anyone from Amber's family heard from her was on September 23rd, 1998, after she got into a minor car accident. She had rear-ended another vehicle. Oh, okay. And she didn't have any major injuries or anything from the accident, but she had hit her head on the windshield and she was complaining Mm. about a headache. Yeah. Because, you know, seatbelts weren't that big of a deal in 1998. Yeah. So she had told her dad that she had gotten in the accident and she got checked out by a medical staff at school. And they said she likely had a concussion, so they are going to be checking on her throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And then that evening, the other party that was involved in the accident had contacted Amber on her landline at her apartment to discuss how they were going to handle damages from the accident. So 1998, we still have landline. Cell phones weren't that big of a thing. Right, yeah. <laughs> they were fairly... No. Could you imagine having one of those, like, gigantic ones? And, like, where would you put that? Those big cell phones that were, like, this thick? You put them in your glove box. Or no, (laughs) in the the center console of your car. Oh. (laughs) Well, I'm thinking, like, in a purse or something like that when you walk around or something. You don't walk around with it. Oh, okay. So, It's, like... For emergencies. Oh, okay. Like if you had to call your parents on their car phone, you were in big trouble. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't know about the car phone life. I really don't. Have you ever seen one? When they're like in the bag? No. Oh. I don't think I've seen one in real life. <laughs> Found. <laughs> She's like, what? <laughs> they, you're still young. I know. They were very big. They were like. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like a shoebox size, almost. I know. Yeah. <laughs> that was a thing. And you got one that came with your car, you were fancy. Ooh, that's Like a Cadillac fancy. with a built-in car phone. Yeah. Yeah. You were doing big things. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, the next day after the accident, Amber was supposed to be at class at 1 p.m., And she hadn't made it to class. And she had also missed an eye appointment and some other obligations. Her dad had tried to call her multiple times that day to wake her up for school. I guess that was the thing. Her dad was sweet. Oh, man. Coming to call her and wake her up. But he was unable to get a hold of her. And he was concerned enough about these things. Like, he knew something was wrong immediately. Yeah. So, he made the drive from Mayville to Green Bay to come and check on her. Which, that's a few hours, right? Yeah, yeah. He was not Because maybe it was, like, Milwaukee-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, when he got to her apartment, he found it locked, and her car wasn't there. So, he immediately called and reported her missing. Good. And then, more than a week after she was reported missing, her car, a 1988 dark gray four-door Subaru, was found abandoned in a parking lot of a sports bar by Lambeau Field. Oh, wow. Okay. So, I didn't realize that her car was found there. I always heard she disappeared from Lambeau Field. Okay. But that's not what happened. Okay. But for some reason in my mind, that's what had happened. I could see that. <laughs> I feel like maybe that's the hub for grabbing people and just... Maybe. There's a lot of people there, so I wouldn't... There is, Yeah. So, the vehicle was unlocked, the keys were in the ignition, and the seat was pushed all the way back, which was not Amber's typical seating position. Right. Her phone and her purse were locked in the trunk of the car, which apparently is where she usually kept them, according to reports. Weird. Yeah. Like, you leave your car unlocked and the keys in the ignition, but you lock (laughs) your bag and your (laughs) phone. 
Right. I guess she did have a cell phone, but it was probably big. That's why she left <laughs> it in the car. <laughs> so the authorities did not believe her car had been there the whole week that she was missing at this point because it had been driven around 900 miles <gasps> that week. And no one is sure of where it was driven because we didn't have GPS in our cars in 1998. Yeah. So when I first was reading about it, I wondered how they knew how many miles she drove. I was like, that's a real random fact. Yeah. But then I found something that said the car had been serviced just a few days for, before her disappearance. So they must have went off like her oil change sticker. Oh, smart. Mm-hmm. These cops were actually on it. Yeah. In this case. Mm-hmm. And then in many of these young people gone missing cases, people assume the young person that went missing did it on their own or was into some like high risk behavior but that doesn't seem to be the case at all with amber amber was uh, incredibly driven and responsible she had taken an accelerated program in high school and received college credits while she was still going to high school and then she had completed her two-year community college program in just one year wow just getting it yeah she was definitely a go-getter mm-hmm. and she was at uwgb UWGB <laughs> for pre-med and planned wow. on being a pediatrician. Oh, good for her. At the time of her disappearance, she was four and a half months pregnant. Oh, shit. And she had already had everything arranged with her aunt so that she would have childcare and not miss any time at school. She's like, I'm going to still, I'm going to have this baby, but I'm not derailing my plans. Yeah. Yeah. So Amber's family and the police have, always suspected foul play like they never went down the line of oh maybe she just didn't want to be here they're like nope this is foul play from the beginning they they would be really stupid to think that yeah but i mean that's usually the route they go but a pregnant woman that has like everything going for her yeah she had everything going for her except for her baby daddy oh so the father of her unborn well, I'll say the alleged because we don't know who the father was. Okay. The alleged father of her unborn child, Matthew John Schneider, was named as a suspect by the police. Is still the only named suspect by the police. Oof. So, according to Amber's aunt and godmother, Amber had met Matthew at a party in May of 1998, and they had started seeing each other and eventually conceived the baby. Matthew was denying paternity and didn't want anything to do with the baby because he was engaged to someone else and he did not want his fiance finding out. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Ugh, that's so gross. It is gross. Yeah. You're gonna get madder. <laughs> so Amber was not going along with his shenanigans. No. She's like, no, I don't care. So about a month before she disappeared, she had called both his mother and his fiance. <gasps> like, I am calling your mom. Wow. So she called his mom and his fiance wow. and informed them of her pregnancy. Damn. So it wasn't like she was like, oh, it could be this person or this person. She's she like, knew. I know that yeah. it's you and you're not going to deny and I'm calling your mom. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm calling your mom. Bye. <laughs> I do that to my husband when I get mad at him. Do you <laughs> I don't really call his mom, oh. but I threaten to. <laughs> Listen, sweetie, I'm going to call your mom real quick. Like, I will call your mom or your grandma, and they will tell you that I am right. <laughs> and he knows they will. <laughs> I love that. 
So according to Amber's diary entries, Matthew was furious, which I can imagine yeah. since he didn't want his secret out. Right. And he was trying to pressure her to have an abortion. Okay, well, you're a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. She already told him she wasn't, so he should have just left her alone. Mm-hmm. Amber also indicated in her diary in the weeks before her disappearance that Matthew was trying to get her to meet up with him and threatening to hurt himself oh, or God. make sure she never saw the baby if she did not have an abortion. Like, if you have this baby, I'm going to take it and you're never going to see it. What a horrific man. Yeah. Not even a man. He's lovely. Gremlin. Mm-hmm. The police haven't released all the information about what's in her diary, but she kept a very detailed diary. This is what they said. She kept a very detailed diary, and it's like her speaking from the grave and telling them exactly what most likely happened mm. to her. That's chilling. They never even let like her family or anybody see it, but they oh. have all the information. Oh. Yeah. So then when Matthew first spoke with police, he claimed him and Amber barely knew each other. Oh, my like God. Like, they had met each other in passing. But the phone records proved differently, mm. showing they had at least 60 conversations going back and forth. And police were able to determine that the pair had been seeing each other. They said for about four months. But if it was May and this was September, it was longer than four months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But close, I guess. Do you know if Amber knew that they were – or he was – with the other girl? I don't think she knew until she was pregnant. And he's like, you can't tell my fiance. Oh, I'm guessing. That's so dirty. That's so dirty. Ugh. Because I think they were both in college at the time. Yeah. And I'm sure he didn't like, meet her at the party and be like, oh, guess what? I got a girlfriend, but you can be my side chick. Right. She doesn't seem like that kind of girl. No. no. Yeah. And the fiance at the beginning tried to act like Amber was just obsessed with him and that nothing had ever happened. She had just become infatuated until she was proven wrong. I bet that's the way that he spun it to her. I'm sure. I feel bad for her because she looks like, well, she's being made to look like a fool, you know? Yeah. And yeah, I, I would hate to be that person to just be like, yeah, he's messing around, and on top of that, he's trying to convince you that nothing's happening. Yeah. So you look even more like a fool when, when you believe him, too. Yep. Oh, jeez. It gets worse for oh, her. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so there are... Oh, where was I? Okay. So after the police determined how long they are seeing each other, they were talking to him, and he showed no concern for her well-being. Like, he wasn't concerned where she was. He didn't ask any questions. And he refused to take a polygraph, which I guess that part I understand. He also never provided an alibi. But this is the one that got me. He never called her phone after she disappeared, even before Ooh. he was supposed to be aware of her disappearance. Oh. Like, you just stop. You've been harassing her incessantly. Now you just suddenly stop calling. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. And there's some theories that he buried Amber under Highway 29 because he was and appears to still be a highway worker. And Highway 29 was under construction at the time of her disappearance. 
So her family's convinced that she was buried under Highway 29. Oh, that's so shitty. Multiple searches have been conducted along the highway with Amber's family standing by, and they have all come up with nothing. And the Schneider family farm has also been searched. They have no leads into where she could have gone. And that's despite, like, efforts from everybody trying to help. Even the FBI's behavioral analysis unit has helped with this case. Wow. Yeah. So, my thing with the searches that confused me was, if the car was driven 900 miles, why would you assume, like, they have searched in Shawano County on Highway 29, which is, you know, just 20 minutes outside of Green Bay. Okay. If the car was driven 900 miles, to me, it sounds like... They went somewhere. They went somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. I totally forgot about that. Because why else would you drive 900 miles in her car? Right. Yeah. So, let's talk about the fiance. Let's talk about her. Matthew went on to marry his high school sweetheart, Heidi. Heidi says she never would have married him if she thought he could have done it, and it seems like it was easy for police to point at him as a suspect. Oh, honey. And she's not a stupid woman. She's not. That's her quote. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, honey. It's not my quote. (laughs) I'll I'll share the link for the... Her interview. Okay. NBC News did a special called Somebody Knows Something. Amber Wilde will the never before seen interviews and evidence. So they have um, some different clips on there. They tried to talk to him, his parents, his cousins, his friends. Oh, my God. But they went to talk to the whole family and the whole family is not having it. Yeah. Except for Heidi. She's like, what? wanted to... Let everybody know she's not stupid. Right. <laughs> Even though I just call her a damn fool. <laughs> I mean, she married him, and now I think they have four kids. Oh, yikes. Because, you know, I had to stalk their social. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to stalk right after this, so. <laughs> I have some screenshots. Oh, I would love to see those. <laughs> I like that you just have them. <laughs> I was like, I know you're going to want to yeah. see this. Oh, my God. I almost texted you this morning. Like, <laughs> Oh, but I wanted it to be a surprise. Yeah, thank you for that. If they listen, they're going to hate us, but it's okay. Oh, well. I said allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. So the two are still together. They have multiple kids. I think four. Four? Five kids? They got a bunch of kids. Yeah. Blonde-haired, blue-eyed children. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. They both look like they might have been at the insurrection. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I classify white people now. Yeah. Have you ever seen, like, those couples that are so identical with the blue eyes and the blonde hair and the same, like, facial structure that they look like they're siblings? Mm Mm-hmm. They freak me out. They're probably related somewhere. Ugh. Weird. I see that all too often. Me too. So, they both had went to a Lutheran high school together. Which I feel like is part of the whole, I can't marry somebody else or have a baby with somebody else. We have, like, this perfect, like, Christian mm. upbringing and relationship, and now their kids go to a Lutheran school. Oh, right. It's this probably is also a-, a thing for parents who don't post pictures of your kid in their school attire publicly, because I don't know where your kids go to school. Yeah, don't post pictures of your kids ever. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, definitely not, like, your profile picture that's going to be public. You know what I hate? When parents take pictures of their kids in bathtubs yes i hate that so much i just want to scream at them i'm like do you know people 
on Instagram or Facebook, look for that specifically if they're mm-hmm. perverted freaks. Yes. And then boom, you're giving it to them. Just your your little kid. Yep. That's crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it worries me for their children. Like, okay. I'm not a big fan of them. Right. The whole situation. Yeah. But can you imagine, like, their kids are, one of them at least is a teenager. Mm-hmm. The other ones are going to be soon. Eventually, they're going to hear about this and Google their parents. Ooh, yeah. I'd be so embarrassed. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, because even if the dad is guilty, like, the kids don't deserve to be in the middle of this situation yeah they don't deserve that so i have i could not normally i can find some like realistic theories yeah to counter the one theory yeah i can't really find anything that makes sense hmm, i wonder why but i did find some ridiculous theories <laughs> okay because you know on reddit everybody could be from anywhere in the world mm-hmm so they don't know Green Bay. They definitely didn't know Green Bay in the 90s. <laughs> they just don't know Green Bay. No, they don't. There was theories like maybe she was carjacked. I do not believe that there was carjackings in Green Bay in the 90s. No? I don't think so. Hmm. I don't even really hear about carjacking now, even though there's like a lot of violence going on currently. Hmm. No, I don't think so. I haven't heard anything, at least. No. That's, like, a crime I haven't heard about. Not here. No. 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 So, yeah, people said carjackings or the other one was since she had a concussion, maybe she wandered off somewhere confused. Yeah, no. I don't think so. And the police are like, no. Yeah. This dude did it, but we don't have the evidence to prove it until we find her. I hate that. Yeah, and you can't, like, use, like, pinging off of cell phones because it was before that time. And probably not a lot to trace them to that either. So I I hate crimes that were done. I mean, if her phone was was in the trunk the Mm. entire time, I wonder if they do have some kind of cell phone record of where her car went. Right. Or, like, the last known. I mean, you can ping off of those still, right? Yeah, because it had to be. And there was less towers then. But. Hmm. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It's plausible. They're still looking into it. It's a cold case, but the police still, like, go on the news and talk about it. And it's it's one of the bigger cases from the area. People are trying to figure out what happened to her. Yeah. They've asked if anybody saw anybody driving her car or saw her driving her car during that time frame to let them know or if anybody has any evidence or... Maybe someday Heidi will get mad enough to tell what she knows. Right. Do you think she would know? I don't think so. I honestly don't think so. I think no. she... You think she's just <clears throat> like, I want to have my perfect life, so Her nothing head else is in matters. the sand is what I'm thinking, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't think that she thinks that he has anything to do with it. No. No. Yeah, there are some theories about her being in on it, and I'm like, oh. no, I don't think so. Right. But then again, I don't know you, Heidi, so. (laughs) Well, if you listen, Heidi, (laughs) you can tell us your version. You might as well. (laughs) You're like, I hate these bitches. (laughs) Yeah. So that's what I've got for this. Okay. 
But I think that the police should look into, like, his family vacation spots if they haven't already. Oh, yeah. Because most of these, like, uppity people have places Some they regularly go. Yeah. yeah, cabins or somewhere that they go regularly. Yeah. In the woods. Yeah, or maybe do, like, that <clears throat> 900 miles. Was it 900 miles, yeah. you said? From, like... Like each direction with the yeah, strings and shit. Yeah, they said they plotted it, and it could have been in Minnesota, oh. Illinois, oh, like I think Indiana, even. Oh wow! Yeah. Ugh. So it's a huge search radius, which is a big part of the problem of why they can't figure out. Yeah. What was going on? Right. Well, good job. Thank you. What do you have for us today? I have the massacre of the living church of God. Ooh, that sounds scary. <laughs> I know, right? It's very threatening. It is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my sources are from the Living Church of God website, Wikipedia, Murderpedia, Wired, and CBS News. So this is going to start with the perpetrator, Terry Ratzman a 44-year-old introvert working as a computer technician in Brookfield. Uh, Brookfield is in the Milwaukee area. It's a little suburb, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's pretty much right in, in Milwaukee. But, yeah. yeah. Um, however, things did not seem to be going well at work, as it was rumored he was on the verge of, or already knew that he was going to be fired. He was born in New Berlin, Wisconsin, uh, a city alongside the Milwaukee area. He lived with his mother and sister, and it always freaks me out when a grown man still lives with his mom in adulthood. <laughs> that's like real Norman Bates vibes. How and old I don't... was he? 44. Oh yeah, that's too old to be at home with your mom. You do not need to be with your mom at that point. You know, I met somebody at my party that the mom was like, I said something about my kids will be growing up and moving out, and she's like, well... My son is 48, and he just moved home. No! No! <laughs> Don't let them back in, please. <laughs> Lock the door. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so he suffered from Hashimoto's thyroiditis, as well as a mild congenital heart abnormality, and was missing part of three fingers on his left hand. He loved carnivorous plants, uh, the Venus flytraps, to be specific. That's interesting. Right? Uh, this is even more interesting. Uh, he kept trout in the basement as pets and also as food. Just fish in his basement. Like, I wonder was if... Was the whole basement water? See, that's the thing. I don't know. I don't know if he just flooded his basement and had fish just swimming about. Have you seen those? I have seen those and they me freak too. me out. Like, why... Um, and people around here do that. Yeah. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> he can be basically summed up as uh, kept himself, the weird guy next door that everybody shouldn't think could never be a threat. Mm. Just like like a lurker almost. I've seen pictures of him. I'm... I don't know. I think he looks weird. <laughs> Uh, anyway, Terry also enjoyed gardening and would share his homegrown produ produce with the church congregation um, that he was a part of called the Living Church of God. Um, when chipmunks got into his garden, he set up traps to catch them, and his neighbor, Gene 
Herman said he kept the animals alive and let them loose somewhere else instead of killing them on the spot. Uh, Terry was known to suffer from depression and kept a lot of things to himself. He was known to be a shut-in, devout loner, and that was said about him. Uh, he was, he would never miss a Sunday service, or I'm sorry, Saturday, cause that's, um, they don't do Sundays, they do Saturdays instead. And he was always in attendance, and he took his religion very seriously, which always freaks me out as well. Right, me too. So a little bit of background on the Living Church of God. Um, it was founded by Herbert Armstrong. Uh, my findings on the Living Church of God website on the official statement of fundamentals page states, the Living Church of God bases its belief on the Holy Bible, the inspired word of God, our doctrines, practices, policies, and traditions have their roots in the worldwide Church of God. Uh, scripture says that the most grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Within the biblical mandate, the president, or I'm sorry, the presiding evangelist and council of, of elders of the living church of God led by the Holy Spirit have the responsibility to clarify and establish doctrine as expressed in the official statement of fundamental beliefs. So to clarify what their mission is, with its world headquarters in the United States of America, has members in many countries around the world and fulfills a threefold mission. One, to preach the true gospel of the king kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ to all nations as a witness. Two, to feed the flock and to organize local church congregations to provide for the spiritual and material needs of our members as God makes it possible. Three, to preach the end-time prophecies and to warn the English-speaking nations and all the world of the coming Great Tribulation. So we only want to warn English-speaking nations. That's directly from their website. <clears throat> so I did read in the CBS News article that I found, their, their basis is a lot of preaching of end-of-times mm. stuff. Um, almost seems like those are my favorite. Yeah, just Cult like churches. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, what happens at the end of times? Ah, uh, you get saved if you speak English and go to church. <laughs> <laughs> it's all English based. Like, if you don't speak English, then I mean, it's really unfortunate for you. <laughs> I don't think Jesus spoke English. I don't think so either. <laughs> My God. They must have missed that part of the Bible. I think so. I think so. They're confused. <laughs> During one sermon at the Living Church of God, it was reported that it infuriated Terry. And one source has stated that the sermon that broke the camel's back for Terry was that of impending financial doom. The minister stated that a colossal financial iceberg was going to sink America. This triggered an internal outrage within Terry. But it's like, what did you expect, Terry? Like, it's all doom related. What? It's all end of times related. Everything's going to collapse and you guys are preaching about it. I don't understand why that would trigger him. He didn't want to be broke. Well, I mean, you're living <laughs> he was with okay your mom. With, like the hellfire and all that. But yeah, but not being broke. And, you know, you're you just got fired. You live with your mom. I mean, it's 
kind of already happening to you, Terry. <laughs> Maybe that's why he yeah, got so mad. He's right. like, why am I not being saved from this? Yeah. Um, so on March 12th, 2005, he attended a Saturday church service at the Sheraton Hotel in Brookfield. The 60 attendees at this particular church service went on as any other normal day. Nothing raised suspicions, and everyone was unfazed by Terry's presence, so they greeted him like normal. Nothing to be worried about, right? Right. Wrong. Why are they having a church service at a hotel? Um, They didn't have their own church. Okay. Yeah, so this is just where they... A lot of things are weird about this. Like, Saturday... It's weird mm-hmm. to me. I thought it was a Sunday thing for for God, for church. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> I don't know. We're I'm not, the I'm not religious. <laughs> <laughs> After only 20 minutes into the service, he left and came back carrying in a 9-millimeter Beretta handgun and fired 22 rounds into the Living Church of God congregation. Some of the church attendees witnessed him reload his gun once during the exchange of gunfire Without a second thought. The scariest part of it, besides the fact that a raving lunatic was going around shooting church attendees, was the fact that during it, he was speaking out loud, actually yelling at the people that he was terrorizing. Just, like, screaming at them. What was he saying? He he told the churchgoers that he had brought three clips of ammunition and he intended to kill the entire congregation. So probably Mm. something along the lines is, I have three clips, I'm going to use them all. Something like that. So he brought, like, one round for each person he thought he was a marksman. Oh, Jesus. One of Terry's friends cried out for him to stop, calling him by his name and asking, stop, stop, why? Carol, a church attendee on on that dark Saturday, called 911 dispatch and told them, my friend, she's lying on the floor, I think she's dead. Oh, this is awful. This is a massacre. He fatally shot uh, the minister and six others, including the minister's son. Four others, including the minister's wife, were wounded and one was critically injured and were hospitalized at Fordert, including 52-year-old Marjean. Hmm, interesting. Marjean Gregory, 19-year-old Angel Verchuk. And 21-year-old Matthew Kalbach, and an unnamed 10-year-old girl that was hospitalized at the Children's Hospital of Wisconsin. The seven that passed away was Pastor Randy Gregory, age 50, James Gregory at age 16, Harold Dykemuir, age 72, Gloria Critari, age 55, Bart Oliver, age 15, Richard Reeves, age 58, and Gerald Miller, age 44. Terry shot all those people down and then took the cowardly way out, as most mass murderers do, and shot himself midway through the second of the three magazines. Um, so I do want to have a side note on why spree killers kill themselves, according to a Wired article. I thought it was interesting. Yeah, I always wonder... Yeah, so I looked into it. Uh, Adam Langford, a criminal justice professor at the University of Alabama and the author of The Myth, Martyrdom, Shooters, Self-Destructive, What Really Drives Suicide Bombers, Rampage Shooters, and Other Destructive, Self-Destructive Killers, 
Uh, this book can be found on Amazon if you're interested in reading that. Sounds like a good book. Mm-hmm. Um, Professor Langford conducted a study using binary logistic regression statistical tests and data from the 2010 New York Police Department report of all identity known active shooters incidents in the United States between 1966 through 2010. His findings, his findings showed that about half of the rampage incidents, more than two casualties, the shooters killed innocent victims and then committed suicide. It most, it mostly points to self-loathing and perceived injustice. Additionally, location matters as well. Psychologic, I'm sorry. I always want to say that psychologists, but <laughs> psychologists <laughs> have long theorized that there is a connection between rage against others and rage against the self. That's interesting. Right? According to the findings, the shooter's likelihood of committing suicide or suicide by cop appears to be 1.16 times higher for each additional victim that is killed. This suggests that those who have the most rage towards others and therefore end up killing the most victims would also feel the most guilty and ashamed about their crimes. They are there. They are therefore more likely to engage in self-punishment via suicide or suicide by cop. After the initial explosion of rage causes them to open fire, active shooters who see many dead or dying victims around them may feel a higher need for self-punishment than shooters with fewer victims. So, after the church massacre happened, police investigators went to gather more evidence and information from the Terry, from Terry's residence. They swept through the entire house and took three computers and a 22 rifle into evidence. I don't know why they took the rifle, but they did. Police tried to piece together a motive for the rampage while studying encrypted files from Terry's computers. Oh, yeah, because he was a computer person. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah. Nothing was released from the gathered evidence, though. Many people were interviewed after the fact, including neighbors, friends, family members, and acquaintances. A close friend of Terry named Tom Geiger was quoted to have said he was a frustrated 40-year-old single man who couldn't get a date and nothing was going right in his life. I was like, damn, tell me how you really feel, Tom. (laughs) (laughs) I love that Tom wasn't just like, he's so great. Yeah, Yeah. I love the honesty. Yeah. Um, Another neighbor that knew Terry for a decade stated he was a devout churchgoer that would never hurt anyone, not even a chipmunk. Well, maybe he liked chipmunks better than people. Yeah. About 10 people attended a candlelit prayer service Sunday night outside the hotel. They gathered near a snowbank in front of a large makeshift memorial, which includes over 40 bouquets of flowers and 20 stuffed animals laid out in the in front of seven white crosses. Each cross has a victim's name and age. In the back, separated from the others, leaning against a tree with some bouquets, is an eighth cross bearing Terry's name. And I honestly do not feel like he deserved a memorial, but these Mm -hmm. people that lost loved ones and went through such a horrific experience had a much kinder heart than me. But yeah, I, I don't get it. He's the one who caused it. Yeah. 
In a lot of the sources I came across, one thing was clear. Terry Ratzman struggled with untreated depression. I have a hunch he had other mental health struggles, too, that were untreated that fueled his rampage. Mm. And no one in their right mind would get so upset about a church sermon like this unless there are more underlying factors. And to be clear, I'm not saying that depression makes people a mass murderer or that they are violent people. Um, I'm saying that maybe if mental health treatment was destigmatized and fully accepted, maybe he would have avoid, we could avoid at least 90% of these massacres. Yeah, for sure. Also, if a person gardens and likes Venus flytraps and attends church, that does not automatically make them a good and righteous person. Right. That average Joe that you think wouldn't hurt a chipmunk, uh, you, you know, you can't tell if, by just looking at somebody or, or what their hobbies are, if they're a monster or not. Right. So, that is the story of the massacre of the Living Church of God by Terry Michael Ratzman. Good job. 44-year-old confused and angry man. Yeah. And I always think it's funny when people are like, wow, he was a great churchgoer. Hmm. Aren't most criminals? Mm-hmm, yeah. Well, like, I won't say just criminals in general, but like... Most people are... These killers. Yeah. Well, over history, most crimes have been committed because of the church. Yeah. Or just, you know... Different religious views. Everybody and, has an inherent badness to them. It's the, true. The degree is... Always fluctuates, and that doesn't mean... That just because you go to a church, that means that you are magically not affected by being inherently bad. Yeah. So. It's a great dark point to end on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, I have a, have you watched the new movie that came out on Netflix called Don't Look Up? No. I'm going to recommend that to you. I'm going to recommend that to everybody. It's kind of like a satire of what's going on with, like, COVID and everything, like, with the presidential um, election that just happened and a lot of underlying Trump things. Um, <laughs> it's really funny. All-star uh, cast, Meryl, Meryl Streep, who I love. Um, Jonah Hill, who I love. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny. Um it's on point, really, really good. I'll have to watch that. Yeah. It sounds interesting. Very interesting. All right. You guys need to all follow us. Like, review, and subscribe, and do everything. Yeah. Send us some story suggestions. Yes, Send please. us your stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Yeah. I think that's it for me for today, too. Okay. We love you guys. Love you. Bye. Bye. All the Sins of Wisconsin was written, recorded, edited, and produced by Fallon and Mims. Thank you so much to all of our listeners, supporters, friends, and family that continually allow us to do what we love. If you love our show as much as we love you, please give us a glowing rating and review. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram to see what we are up to and email us your sinner tales at 
all the sins of wi at gmail.com. Episodes of All the Sins of Wisconsin are available for free wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't, don't forget, forget, we love you. Love you.